Welcome to the Smart Startup English Podcast, episode 22. I'm Trevor, I'm your host, and in this episode, we're talking about science and technology parks. Technology parks are places that bring together universities, companies, startups, and other stakeholders in order to work together and promote a culture of innovation. These parks are physical locations where these stakeholders rent office space to work and to keep connected to what's going on in the industry. So I use the word stakeholder, but what does it mean? A stakeholder is anyone who has an interest in and is affected by an organization's actions. So for a company, the stakeholders might be the founders, the employees, investors, creditors, shareholders, suppliers, communities, and generally anyone who is involved in a company and has an interest in its success. Okay, let's go back to talking about tech parks. Let me ask you a question. Are there any science and technology parks in your country? If you can't think of any, you should do a quick internet search once you're done listening to this episode. Now I'm going to talk about technology parks, but the full name is actually Science and Technology Park, or STP for short. There are a couple of other names for this concept, such as Research Park, Technopolis, or Technopoles. It doesn't really matter what you call it, the concept is the same. It all started in, you guessed it, Silicon Valley, as early as the 1950s. The first modern university research park in the world started as a cooperative venture between Stanford University and the city of Palo Alto in California. Currently, there are technology parks all over the world, in India, Iran, Sweden, Finland, Spain, the UK, the US, Russia, South Korea, South Africa, and so on. There is even an international association of science parks and areas of innovation, and we'll link to it in the show notes on our website, smartstartupenglish.com. So that's what technology parks are, but why do we need them? First of all, they are important for the knowledge economy. Have you heard this term before? It's a complex term, so I'll try to simplify it. People who work in the knowledge economy are called knowledge workers. To put it more simply, people who are required to think for a living. IT professionals, pharmacists, physicians, engineers, architects, designers, accountants, lawyers, academics, and other white-collar workers. There's a lot of value in intangible assets, such as workers' knowledge and intellectual property. And in most developed countries, the knowledge economy is a large component of the overall economy. In this system, companies can capitalize on, or make money from, intellectual work. By the way, I use the term white-collar to refer to people who work in an office. Think about the fact that people in an office generally wear white shirts with a collar. So, why are technology parks so good for the knowledge economy? First, they bring a lot of the players in an industry together, and this allows for cross-fertilization of ideas. Cross-fertilization refers to the mixing of ideas from different fields and from different people, which leads to more creativity and more innovation. Science parks make this possible because they bring together companies, universities, research institutes, startup incubators, and sometimes even members of the local community. All these connections help foster innovation. Remember this expression. To foster something means to encourage it and to help it grow. They also create a flow of knowledge between universities and companies, 
and they allow students to work in real companies on applied projects rather than just relying on theoretical studies. Nowadays, a lot of science parks also offer resources such as incubators and accelerators. Incubators and accelerators are organizations that connect startups to advisors, mentors, investors, and learning opportunities. Generally, incubators work with early-stage startups, while accelerators work with more established startups. Larger technology parks are almost like small cities designed to enhance the quality of life of the workers. For example, large tech parks usually also have gyms, restaurants, childcare, banks, and local transportation to and from the park. I use the verb to enhance. This means to increase something, either in size or in quality. In this case, we said to enhance quality of life, so to have a better quality of life. For a science park to be successful, it needs to get key tenants, or anchor tenants. A tenant is someone who is renting a property, in this case they're renting office space, and anchor tenants, or key tenants, refers to very important tenants who are committed to staying in the technology park for a long time. For example, a large company or university can be an anchor tenant in a science park. Their presence in this place makes it attractive and makes others want to move in too. They are the backbone of the tech park. In this context, the backbone of something refers to the most important or the most supportive part of something. The backbone provides strength and support for everything else. It holds everything else together. If tech parks are so good for the economy, then why don't we have more of them? Well, setting up a tech park is not a walk in the park. That's an easy expression to remember. If we say something is a walk in the park, that means it's easy to do, easy to accomplish. A good environment for a new tech park is a place that already has a large educational institution, such as a university, an already established entrepreneurial culture, affordable land for building, easy access to investment capital, and government buy-in. What does buy-in mean? You'll see this term a lot in business English. To have buy-in means to have support, or approval, or agreement for an idea or plan. So you may need some governmental buy-in before you start building a tech park. Buy-in doesn't always mean that money is exchanging hands yet. Often, institutions and their stakeholders will sign a Memorandum of Understanding or a Memorandum of Agreement, often abbreviated MOU or MOA, which is an agreement stating that they're working towards the same goal. These kinds of agreements aren't legally binding, but they do show written proof of commitment to that goal. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll look at tech parks again in our next episode, number 23, but we'll do it from the point of view of a startup. Why would a startup want to move to a tech park? Before we move on to your speaking assignment, let's review the vocabulary we've learned in this episode. First, we talked about stakeholders. A stakeholder is anyone who is involved in a company and has an interest in its success. Then we talked about knowledge workers, which refers to people who are required to think for a living, such as engineers, designers, IT professionals, lawyers, and so on. We saw that white-collar refers to people who work in an office job. Cross-fertilization refers to the mixing of ideas from different fields and from different people. 
To foster something means to encourage it and to help it grow. Incubators and accelerators are organizations that connect startups with advisors, mentors, investors, and learning opportunities. To enhance something means to increase something, either in size or in quality. A tenant is someone who is renting a property. We also talked about key tenants or anchor tenants. These terms refer to very important tenants who are committed to staying long-term. If we talk about the backbone of something, then this refers to the most important or the most supportive part. Now, if something is a walk in the park, that means it's easy to do and easy to accomplish. And finally, if you have someone's buy-in, you have their support, approval, or agreement for an idea or plan. Here's your speaking practice question for this episode. Is there a technology park in your country? Who are the tenants? Why do you think they chose to rent offices in this tech park? That's it for this episode of Smart Startup English. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you want to keep in touch, go to smartstartupenglish.com and sign up for our newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get free access to transcripts and worksheets based on every episode. And you'll be the first to know when we release new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at smart.startupenglish. We're also on Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. Just search for Smart Startup English and you'll find us.